Hey everyone, it's May, and welcome to another episode of the May Lee Show. Um, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that because I haven't put out an episode for a little while, and that seems to be happening. Listen, you guys, let's be honest. I've been taking breaks here and there because I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing and which direction I'm going in with this show, and quite honestly, with just sort of my entire direction and my mission. I'm still very mission focused in terms of trying to uh, live out this purposeful life of giving and educating, uh, empowering and inspiring the AAPI community, women, uh, young people. Um, But, you know, sometimes you have to continue to evolve. And that's sort of the process I'm going through right now. But I'm doing this episode for a very particular reason. Um, as we all know, uh, the Asian hate crimes are still continuing. And what we keep seeing over and over again are innocent Asians just at the store, walking down the sidewalk, trying to run a business, being attacked over and over again. And just recently, there was an Asian couple who was attacked in broad daylight while they were loading their groceries into their car in the parking lot of Ranch 99, which is an Asian grocery store. And this happened in the suburb of L.A. And these perpetrators attacked the man and the woman and stole the man's Rolex, uh, worth $60,000. And they were both pistol whipped, so they didn't even have a chance to fight back. And this was all caught on video. Um... Of course, you know, I wonder, like, what the hell was the person doing recording the video instead of doing something to help? But, you know, that's another story, I guess. But, you know, we see this happening over and over again. And I read some of the comments um, on the post. And some everyone was horrified, of course. And then some people were saying, well, he shouldn't have been wearing the Rolex. And I kind of cringed. And that made me relate to something personal. And that's why I'm decided to do this show. I I use air quotes because it's not really a show. It's just really a sharing of my experience experience, uh, and my own commentary about it. I cringed when that person said he shouldn't be wearing a Rolex because he should be allowed to wear his Rolex. He should be allowed to wear something he worked hard for And I'm sure he worked hard for that Rolex. And he was probably pretty damn proud of the fact that he could afford to buy that Rolex for himself. And then to have it stolen from him in a blink of an eye and then beaten, pistol whipped by these perpetrators uh, is mind boggling. It's offensive. It's infuriating that we have now become a society where we don't have the freedom to wear what we want uh, because we might get robbed, we might get attacked. Um, And certainly my story is related to not being able to drive what I want. So let me segue into that and why this has a connection. So when I turned 50... I wanted to celebrate that milestone. I also was uh, 
the owner of the Audi turbo diesel car. Uh, it was the A3. And that was one of the cars that was involved in that horrible Dieselgate scandal by Volkswagen. All the Volkswagen cars under the Volkswagen brand that were diesel. Um, we found out, uh, after, well, investigators find, found out that um, they had been rigging the diesel cars uh, to seemingly be fuel efficient and good for the environment. In fact, my car, the Audi A3, was voted green car of the year um, when it first came out. And so I being environmentally conscious, well, so I thought, uh, I bought that car for that reason and others, uh, thinking that I was doing the planet some good. Well, I had the car for five years and then the scandal broke out and it was discovered that these cars were spewing out sometimes five times more carbon dioxide um, than normal cars. So that was a complete blow to me. I mean, can you imagine? I was so pissed. I was, I was fucking pissed. Uh, and so I had to figure out what I was going to do once I got, you know, the re the refund from Volkswagen, they, they gave us blue book. It's not like they refunded the original price. They should have actually. Um, but anyway, I, I got that from, from Volkswagen and I was trying to decide what to do. And I, I wasn't sure I was turning 50 um, and I thought to myself, you know, May, maybe you need to have some fun, um, celebrate this milestone and, um, celebrate your success. You know, um, I worked hard all my life, uh, as a woman, as an Asian woman in this field of broadcast journalism that was challenging. So maybe I should treat myself to something before I get too old, <laughs> And so I started looking into getting a Porsche and I'm not a car person, guys. I'm, I'm really not. So I've never been into buying an expensive sports car or anything like that. Um, so it, it sort of came as a surprise to me that I even had that thought. So I started looking into it just, you know, thinking, okay, let me, let me just see if, if there's something out there. Of course, a brand new Porsche. There's no fucking way I was going to afford that. They're ridiculous. But I started looking into used and I found this uh, used certified pre-owned at a dealership. And uh, I went up and took a look at it, took a test drive, thought about it and decided, you know what? Why the hell not? So I bought the car, a certified pre-owned 2014 Porsche 911 Carrera convertible. And she was this beautiful dark sapphire blue with a chocolate brown top. So totally unusual combination. Um, and I named her Bonnie blue 2.0. My first car, the first, the car, the Audi that I had to, that Volkswagen had to take back. She was also the same color. It was pure coincidence. So I named her Bonnie blue. So this new Porsche used new Porsche, um, I decided to name Bonnie Blue 2.0. And Bonnie Blue, by the way, is the name of the daughter of Scarlett O'Hara and Rhett Butler in Gone with the Wind, for those of you who remember that movie. Their daughter was named Bonnie Blue. Um, she unfortunately dies in a horse riding accident, but because she loved speed and she loved riding fast in her, in, on her horse. So anyway, Porsche fast horse, you know. Um, so yes, so Bonnie Blue 2.0 really symbolized for me 
turning 50, um, my success as a woman, um, I would drive that car around and think, you know, looking around at people thinking, um, yeah, they probably think like I have a rich husband or this is my boyfriend's car. And I seriously wanted to put a sign saying, I bought this car with my hard earned money. Um, so there was a lot of significance to that car. And I'm somebody again, who I don't like to flaunt things. I, I, you know, it's not about showing off. So I didn't even really tell people I had this car. And to this day, I'm sure there's a lot of people who never knew that I even had that car. But here's, uh, here's where it gets sad. Um, when all this anti-Asian hate started blowing up, um, I started getting concerned that I was going to be a target, that I was going to be a victim. And being an Asian woman driving around in a 911, I thought that people would take notice in a bad way. And I feared that I would be followed. Um, I always had to think about where I was going to park. I always had to think about where I was going to go, how late I was going to be out. Um, it got to the point where I didn't even want to put the top down because I was afraid that people would throw things at me in the car or someone would jump in or if I was waiting at a stoplight that something would happen. And I know a lot of you can relate to these fears, um, this anxiousness that we all feel even to this day, right? That something might happen. Something might happen as we just walk down the street um, that we're always on guard, a little bit on edge, hypervigilant. And that's how I felt in Bonnie Blue. So I really had to ask myself, can I continue owning this car? Do I feel safe? And should I not own this car anymore? You know, and that's why I related to this story about the guy with the Rolex, you know, here we are. We've worked hard for these things um, and we do it for ourselves, right? I mean, at least I did it for myself. I didn't do it to show off. I did it for myself. But then I was made to feel that I couldn't enjoy something that I did for myself because of the fear of attacks and this continuing Asian hate. And that's incredibly unfair. Um, I feel like my freedom has been stripped away my freedom to enjoy something that brought me so much joy turned into something that brought me fear. So here's where the story takes another turn. I believe in sharing stories all the time as a journalist, of course, but I also believe in sharing powerful stories that can, can incite change that are thought provoking that could potentially change someone else's perspective and create that better understanding, that the more awareness, and therefore develop that empathy that we all need much more of in this world. And so for me, even the ugly aspects of things that go on, I need to share with other people so that they can have a better understanding of what's been going on and maybe walk in my shoes, right? As painful as it might be, it could potentially be a positive result 
right? And that's the power of storytelling, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So when I decided that I could no longer have Bonnie Blue, um, I got a recommendation to take her to a consignment shop. Um, and this, the shop is called Auto Kennel. And it's owned by a father or son. And the, the son pretty much takes care of the business on a day-to-day basis. And he does the appraisals and will kind of tell, you know, the, the seller like me, you know, how much the car might sell for and, you know, kind of handle all the sort of the, you know, all the details. So Paul Kramer, um, I met with him, took my car down, he took a look at it, and but I told him the story of why I was having to sell her. I told him the, I told him the whole story, the details of what's been happening with anti-Asian hate and how I was feeling so fearful. And he really had such compassion about my situation uh, and we really was moved. Um, and I could tell, even over the phone, actually I first told him this story over the phone and then I took the card to him and we talked about it even more. And I could tell that he was very sincere in listening to me and hearing my story and really taking it in. But I had no idea how much he took it in because what happened next is pretty incredible. So Paul, when he um, advertises a car that he's trying to sell for a seller, um, he writes up a newsletter that goes out on social media, on Auto Kennel, on Instagram, and then he also sends out a newsletter to all his clients and everyone who signs up uh, for his newsletter, and then he features the cars on his website. He asked me if it was okay if he could write a newsletter that was more about my story about anti-Asian hate and the reasons why I was selling the car. Of course, I said yes. And he even sent me a draft of the newsletter uh, for me to approve. um, And then he posted it. And this was the final result. Um, He says, it is our unalienable right to pursue happiness. It cannot be taken away. So says the Declaration of Independence. If that happiness comes from driving a convertible Porsche 911, then so be it. And what a fun, fast pursuit that will be. The owner of this 2014 Porsche 911 convertible worked hard and saved to make this purchase. It was a big deal. It represented a lot to her. It was her win. She loves this Porsche. She even named it Bonnie Blue, the name of Rhett and Scarlett's daughter from Gone with the Wind, who couldn't help but go too fast on her horse to her demise. Sadly, the joy of this Porsche owner didn't last long either. She is selling it because she's afraid to drive with the top down. Nearly every time she does, she, as an Asian-American woman, is fearful she will be the target of anti-Asian hate. Her joy was being overshadowed by anxiety and hypervigilance. This is truly deplorable. Who have we become? When does racism end? Why can't we just stay in our own lanes? And then he goes on, of course, to uh, share the details of the car, the specs and photos, et cetera, et cetera. But that's what Paul decided to do, to take it upon himself to write in his newsletter that's usually written in a lighter, more jovial uh, way, you know, certainly for car enthusiasts about the car and the background of the car. Um, But he decided to use his platform um, to bring attention to this issue, to bring attention to anti-Asian hate, to bring attention to 
this problem that a lot of people still are unaware of. And I'm sure a lot of his readers and his clients were totally unaware of it because his clients are all over the country, all over the world. So then he began sharing some comments and responses that he got. And many of them were positive. And I'm going to read you uh, some of those because they really, I mean, they, they choked me up. Um, I, I started crying actually with some of them. One, one guy named Barney, he said, Paul, I want to let you know how moved I was by this email. I'm sure not all of your customers would be on our side in this issue. This was brave of you. And I 100% agree with how appalling this is. I was harassed a few years back by another driver and it shook me. And I'm a six, two old white guy. I hope you're able to get your customer into something fabulous and please let her know we are sending big hugs from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for being the man you are. And then another client said, Paul, please extend my sincere regrets and condolences to the seller of uh, selling owner of this beautiful nine 11. It sickens me when these racial things happen as I'm very close to the same sort of things happening. As a Cherokee Seneca Indian myself, I had to remove all decals from our cars about 20 plus years ago when a couple of redneck truckers west of Amarillo, Texas, along westbound I-40, tried to run myself and another Cherokee buddy with my two then young kids on board on the way home from our big annual Cherokee ceremonies in Oklahoma in September 2002. It was terrifying with our 1988 Westphalia barely able to eventually pull away only by shutting down the AC on a 95 degree, 120% humidity Sunday night. That incident and this current round of anti-Asian, black, Hispanic racism and attacks are nothing new to the Indian community as it's been going on for 500 plus years. We still have occasions today where we're denied service in stores and restaurants around the country including a couple of SoCal Denny's of all things. Perhaps one day in this country, we will all accept people of all races, cultures, genders, etc. I wanted to share with your client that she's not alone and to feel free to say hi at any of the PCA zone aid concourse when I'm judging or attending. Uh, those are Porsche club um, organizations. I just wish I could talk her out of selling her dream car and maybe even show it at some of our events, but I do definitely understand why she has come to this decision. Best wishes to her, to you and her, Tom. Uh, and then another um, client said, well said, Paul, what, what would the world be like if everyone just took care of themselves and left everybody else alone? Putin, are you listening? Blake. But unfortunately, he got some comments from his clients that were negative, not surprising. Uh, but this one was uh, a good one because of what the guy said, but then what Paul's response was. So this guy named John, he said, I was jerked to learn you're taking on the world's problems of this divided world we live in when advertising automobiles. I threw up in my mouth when I read your bio on a current listing. You wrote, nearly every time she does, she as an Asian American woman is fearful she will be the target of anti-Asian hate. Her joy was being overshadowed by anxiety and hypervigilance. This is truly deplorable. Who, who have we become? When does racism end? Why can't we just stay in our own lanes? John. Paul responds, John, I agree with you. 
I felt exactly the same way and also, quote, throw up in my mouth when I heard that the world's problems of this divided world we live in become part of the Porsche hobby and passion. I appreciate your distaste for what I did, but I don't regret it. If that forces you to not look at our listings in the future, I'm fine with that. Thank you for voicing your opinion as well. I'll make sure that I don't include you on any future emails. Cheers, Paul. (laughs) So the reason I'm sharing this story and how Paul is responding and reacting in this way is just proof that there are more of us out there than there aren't. Meaning there are more of us out there who are reasonable, who are compassionate, who want this world to be a better place, truly, without division and without conflict. And if we share our stories with each other, like I did with Paul, and he did with me too, he told me that he was a Jewish kid growing up in a community that was different. And so he got bullied sometimes too. So when you open up that door to true, authentic, genuine communication with each other, we can change the world, right? We'll inspire each other to speak up, speak out, share our stories, talk about our differences, but then see how alike we actually are. And when we start educating each other, it's that ripple effect. That ripple effect will start growing and growing and spreading. And other people connect to that, right? They get educated. They then share their stories like this guy did, um, Tom, that he shared his story about being Native American and how much richer are we now to know his story of struggle and challenge that he's now connecting with me and Paul and others. So I say this all the time. We have to share our stories and one person can make a difference. You share your story, you connect with somebody else and they share the story and so on and so on. It's the domino effect. So I wanted to share all of this for the very reason I'm just saying is that the power of connecting, the power of human-to-human communication, the power of vulnerability. When we can embrace that, we can see true change. And I want to take this opportunity to thank Paul again. I've done it many times with him, but I really want to publicly thank him for his courage and his willingness to use his platform. That's a car platform, right? It's for car enthusiasts. But he chose to use his platform and courageously use that to try and speak up about something that he found offensive and that he wanted to share with others so that other people can become more aware of this. We need more Pauls in the world. Uh, We need more Toms in the world. We need more Barneys in the world. 
we need more Blakes in the world. Um, we certainly don't need any more Johns of the world. So, yeah, John. Uh, anyway, so that is what I wanted to share. Um, just so you know, uh, Bonnie Blue did get purchased by a couple in Philadelphia. So hopefully she is in good hands. Um, I'm still pretty heartbroken, actually, about it. Uh, because, again, she meant so much to me and uh, symbolized a lot for me. Uh, but if her... Let me say this. If me selling her in the way I did and then the impact it had on Paul and then for him to share my story and her story and the story of anti-Asian hate to his clients and his readers, uh, then this was all for a very good reason. Uh, It was very purposeful, wasn't it? Isn't that odd how something seemingly disconnected, unrelated, can become so powerful in this way. So Bonnie Blue, I miss you. I hope you're doing well in Philly. And uh, yeah, thank you for five and a half years of such fun. All right, everyone. I'll see you later.